Locked on. Locked on. Locked, 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 Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? That's Friday. It's, you know, Friday. another Friday in the hellscape that we're all living in right now. Uh <laughs> It's good, you know. I, 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 I we got some good Cowboys notes to talk about, sure. which is nice, yeah. and, a, and a and a scrimmage this weekend. So, yeah. you know, a, a little bit of a escape from, a, I guess, real life, but which is nice. And I'm excited to kind of talk about what we what we've heard in practice, and I'm, I'm excited to kind of look forward to what we're going to see this weekend. Yeah. So the Cowboys held practice on Friday, but a little bit of a show note. And actually, we're talking about this for the very first time. But uh, the Cowboys do have a scrimmage on Sunday night. Uh, Landon and I will make sure that we do a podcast after that scrimmage or for Monday morning, uh, talking about all the you know the interesting news and notes that come out of that scrimmage. Sounds like it's going to be telecast live on DallasCowboys.com. Uh, I did see it's going to be available for rewatch once it's on there. So. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I did harass some, them enough about that. I yeah, you all, because I have to watch it late. Yeah, and the thing is, we want to go back and grab some gifts yeah, and videos of, of things going on too. So it's important for us. So uh, yeah, we'll make sure that we uh, we have some content up for you guys sometime on Monday uh, about that training camp scrimmage. Uh, but let's talk about practice on Friday, Landon. Uh, it sounds like it was a another competitive practice for the Cowboys. Uh, the first bit of news I think is somewhat noteworthy is Amari Cooper did not practice. Uh, he was given a veteran day off, and CeeDee Lamb did not practice, uh, not because of an injury, uh, because it was a rest day, and we were talking about this before we started the podcast, but Landon, can you ever remember a, a rookie being given a, a rest day in training camp? I, I can't remember, and when we were talking about this before, I can't remember, but the only person I could think that uh, potentially is maybe Des Bryant, but th- because he was practicing too hard, and they were trying to yeah. ease him back. Yeah. Um, but, but but I mean, the fact, like you mentioned, the fact that we have to go back a decade. And, and, and frankly, I think a lot of it is is because, you know, it's the COVID situation, the shortened training camp. But the fact is, is that he's, you know, he's considered good enough that they have to preserve him for week one. You know, like that that's yeah. kind of what yeah. they're doing. Because it's he's not that big like, of the plan, oh, right? Yeah, it's not like you got you to gotta earn your spots. It's like, no, 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 you're, you're, you're heavily involved in the game plan. We got to make right. sure you make it to week one. Yeah, uh, if CeeDee Lamb was struggling in camp, I can guarantee you that he would not be given uh, practice off at any point during training camp. So uh, it just sounds like CeeDee Lamb is a real deal, and uh, we're getting really excited to watch him uh, in the scrimmage on Sunday. Um, All right, let's talk about uh, another rookie, uh, Cowboys defensive back Reggie Robinson. And notice that I said defensive back and not cornerback Landon uh, because Uh it sounds like the Cowboys have moved Reggie Robinson to safety full-time. Um, as we're sitting here on Friday night, I've got about three people DMing me now saying why this is a bad move. This is Byron Jones all over again. Um, and I'm telling people not to panic. But, Landon, what are your thoughts on Dallas moving Robinson to safety? I mean, what, like, 
Byron Jones all over again. Like, this well, it's just people flipping back and forth on the positions, you know. These are completely different players, and this is completely different coaching staff than that, too. Let's, hey, let's hope he turns out to be as good as Byron Jones. It's not a bad scenario here. Well, I mean, at, at corner. <laughs> but, you know, look, I, uh, I, think, I think the thing that is interesting here, and again, I, I mentioned this to a couple of y'all in DMs, too, is that, you know, he does several things well. And I think some of the several things that he does well translate well to safety. And he does yeah, have yeah. he does have traits. I mean, he does have experience playing safety, uh, you know, throughout high school, apparently. Um, so I, I think but but I think what's what's odd is that one of the th- one of the other things that he really does well is is play as a press corner, obviously, which is why he was drafted as a cornerback. And I think that that is a more you know, as a singular valuable trait that a player can have, that's more valuable than any of the other stuff, especially in playing safety, right? So it's 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 a little bit weird in the sense that this is a guy that has experience playing kind of as a press outside corner, and you're not, and he's pretty decent at it, and you're not taking advantage of that. You're trying to take advantage of some of the other aspects of his uh, talent to try to. I, I think, in, like you've mentioned, in an effort to try to get the, their best defensive backs on the field. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not like condoning it cause I'd like to see it. You know, I'd like to see what, what they're seeing because, you know, and that's the other point I made is that uh, we, I, we haven't seen any tape of him playing safety and, and the only people that have decided to, to switch him to safety. So, uh, I, I think I'd like to see a little bit of this and maybe we'll see some of it Sunday of him playing safety, uh, before I just you know before we kind of come out and judge you know whether or not it's a good idea I, I will say that schematically having a cornerback I mean a safety who could potentially cover man coverage at the level of a, of a you know a cornerback uh, is incredibly valuable and uh, and I think that even with guys like you know Xavier Woods like everyone talks about Byron Jones but if you remember, Xavier Woods started out as a cornerback, then moved back to safety. Yeah, well, as know? a slot corner, really. Yep. Yeah, and, and so I, I think that there is, you know, I, not all scenarios are all scenarios. You know, things are there is context to these things. So uh, I, I'd like to see a little bit of what it looks like, what you know, how he's playing, and 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 you know, again, I think there is schematic value. And having a safety who can come down in the box and potentially cover a, a, a you know a target like a like a like a cornerback. Yeah. So Robinson started three years at safety in high school, um, and then you know played a bunch at cornerback at Tulsa. Um, typically, I do have some reservations when teams are moving corners as a safety because most of the time those guys don't have the size to hold up, right? You're taking smaller guys and hoping they can become safeties. Uh, size is not a problem for Reggie Robinson. He's 6'1", 205 pounds, uh, and I, I think he could actually gain some weight still. So that's that's not an issue for me. It's more how, do, how does a team envision using him? Now, I, I don't know what he looks like as a free safety or as a cover two safety. I don't think none of us do, right? But – as a guy that lines up against tight ends in certain situations, you know, we talk about Daryl Worley doing this all the time. I, I don't think it's all that inconceivable to think, you know, the Cowboys could do that. And frankly, uh, if we're talking about trying to figure out a way to get the five best defensive backs on the field, 
I might feel better about Reggie Robinson playing as a you know playing in that role than having a haha Clinton Dix or having a Darian Thompson. I just think you know this is somebody who's far more athletic than either of those guys, uh, has excellent excellent size. So I don't hate it. I, I, I think I trust this defensive staff, and maybe you disagree, but I trust Mike Nolan and Al Harris and these guys to use these guys in roles. Uh, that fit better than better than the previous coaching staff, right? Rod Marinelli and Chris Richard had very uh, prototype guys at certain positions. I knew exactly what they were looking for, and they struggled a bit trying to use these multiple piece guys. I mean, we saw it with Byron Jones. I mean, the fact that they couldn't figure out what position he was, I don't worry about as much with uh, with Nolan because he knows how to use. Um, you know, chess pieces like that. So I, I, I'm not panicking about this at all. Are you? Oh no! I mean, I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated because I, and, and again, like I think if the idea is to get more talented defensive backs, look, he has. I, I think he has. You know, and, and friend of the show, John Owning, and I were talking about in the DMs with you. I think he has good vision to the quarterback. I think that was part of his tape and part of the reason you liked him both in as a press man coverage and as a guy in zone who understands zone concepts and knows how to sit in zone and watch the QB's eyes. We don't have tape of him doing that from a safety level, but I, I think that, I mean, especially if he's playing planning on playing some shallow stuff and maybe some down-in-the-box stuff, I mean, yes. I think that that's not going to be something that's going to be unfamiliar to him. I, I think that, you know, like I said, he has experience there. I think he has traits that, you know, kind of, that kind of show that he can be there. I, I think again the thing that's weird here is that you you know normally you're trying to find guys to play press corner you know and that's that's you, that's a trait that's difficult right, right. to find and so for them to be moving that trait out to safety I think is just kind of just just jarring for us but if he's able to go out there and you know really play well as a safety and especially if you're going to be doing a lot more you know and I don't know if we are but cover four zone coverage you know that kind of stuff where he's covering not unlike a a, a cornerback anyways maybe it helps with the transition you know maybe it helps with his transition into the NFL because again this is a guy that despite his talent and his ability to play it one of the things that he needed to work on was his footwork and how his footwork has been causing him enough issues that he's, he's, he can be a grabber at times. You, you don't really worry about that uh, with him on the field as much if he isn't, you know, in press coverage, if he's kind of playing more of a, a zone situation. So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, and again, the, the, it's kind of a rare situation to find a cornerback who is as physical as, you know, he takes to the physicality of the run game really, really well. So, I think that's another thing that's rare when you see these kind of conversions from cornerback to safety. So, like I said, I think there are traits there that make me understand why they would want to do this, especially when you've seen all these other corners all you know up and down the depth chart kind of getting work as safeties as well. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. the thing that's odd is that he's a third round pick who you know had press coverage corner skills, and and you just don't see that getting moved away from very often. So. We'll see. I think it's inter- it's intriguing and interesting. And at this point, yes, I think that the coaching staff has a lot of faith built up to you know kind of weather this if people don't like it. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate, amazing flavors. It's just an incredible combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. 
Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Uh, this is a little pro tip right now, because I've actually tried the caramel brownie in the last couple of days. Put it in your refrigerator, gets a little bit chilled. It's absolutely mm. perfect for like a, a midday snack. Uh, just yeah. fantastic. Uh, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off any order. Not just your first box, but any order at BuiltBar.com. And right now, you get a free cooler with an order of a new box only while supplies last. Uh, that cooler is pretty cool. I took it golfing the other day, threw a Built Bar in there, uh, threw a couple other little snacks in there. It works really well. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on. Okay, Landon, let's talk about some more uh, defensive back notes. Um, we don't have to go in deep on this one, but it uh, sounds like over the last two days, uh, Chris Westry, uh, the giraffe that is playing cornerback for the Cowboys <laughs> right now, is uh, starting to come on a little bit. I know this was a Chris Richard project last year. Uh, we didn't see a ton from him in training camp last year. He only played a few snaps in preseason. Um, I-, I don't believe he's going to make this roster just because of the depth. Um, but it is encouraging to see Westley make some plays. And I think, you know, if nothing else, I think he's an interesting guy to have on the practice squad. Don't you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's it's just really fascinating. Um, you know, there's several things fascinating about Westry. First of all, you know, we just kind of had a conversation about all these guys who are playing a little bit of safety, moving inside. You would think that Westry would be one of the first guys they would look at there, right? Like, to play, I mean, to play safety? I mean, the problem is he's like 150 pounds. I, that's the issue, right, is that he's like a bean <laughs> right. pole. Like, so, you know, I, I think it's interesting to me, and you mentioned it, like he's gotten uh, – he's had a couple of, of really good reps the last few days. He's, you know, he is a guy that – if we're, if we're going to talk about some other drumbeat guys, right, that – Again, shout yep. out to uh, football guys for the terminology there. But the, that, that that kind of you, you've heard a couple days worth of good news about, and, and that consistency is what you're looking for. I, I I think the thing about it though is that to me it feels like the 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 depth chart at cornerback is set to the point where I mean Reggie Robinson's looking be, being moved to safety. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and actually so it's I was like, gonna say I would say there's even a chance that Reggie Robinson wasn't going to make the team because of the depth at cornerback. Yeah, like I mean the, the thing is is that and another guy that maybe we should be talking about a little bit more I think is Worley because it seems like yeah, we hear yep. good good things about Worley all the time and, and no one really says anything because at this point they're still confused about what position he's he's playing. But I I, I think that you know. All that to me adds up to, well, what is the ceiling on what Chris Westry can achieve in the next week, right? Like, I think the best case scenario for him, if he kind of continues to have a couple more of these days, is like practice squad at, at the best, obviously, yeah. right? Well, and, I, and it I think also helps even that, that it helps that they have sixteen practice squad spots. <laughs> yeah, now, it right? certainly does. And I, I was just gonna say the the, the even that seems kind of like you know at least coming into camp like a long shot just because he was so his body type and you know his him being on the team is such a a project that's tied to the the previous coaching staff i mean this guy was built to play in that kind of cover three cover one system as far as physically right you know so i i think that i think it's it's a it's not surprising that he's he's had success like this, 
necessarily because I think he's playing against third stringers and you know good for him he is a, a good football player I just I wonder if even if he continues to play you know outstanding if he doesn't end up going somewhere else even because I mean that's the thing is that even like I would not be surprised if he got signed off of the practice squad I honest to God wouldn't be surprised if he decided to Go to a different practice squad. Yeah, I was just about to say that because he, he might be looking at a situation here and thinking, you know, I'm at best a seventh or eighth corner here. Let me jump on Seattle's practice yeah. squad. I could be the fifth corner right away. Uh, that yeah. wouldn't surprise me at all. But um, it's clear the Cowboys do like him a little bit. And, it's again, it's encouraging to see that he has taken steps in year two um, because he is a – I mean, he's a freakishly athletic guy who, you know, if – if a team really is patient with him, maybe could maybe could develop into a cornerback two, cornerback three in time. I just it it is encouraging to see that he is um, doing well in camp. Um, you mentioned some drumbeat guys, and we're not going to spend a ton of time on these guys because we devote basically every podcast to these guys. But uh, Cedric Wilson had a strong day in practice on Friday, uh, caught a beautiful touchdown over his shoulder in eleven on eleven drills. Uh, Dalton Schultz made a couple nice catches today. Trevon Diggs had a strong day again against Michael Gallup. Those are the three guys uh, this week that I would call the winners. Um, what are your thoughts on those guys from uh, not only Friday's practice, but this week of practice? Yeah, I mean, again, I think you said it. It's it's not that we have a lot to add to what has been said. It's more just pointing out that a lot has been said about these guys and about the fact that it seems it's not just uh, you know a day's worth of outpouring because they yep. made one or two great plays in practice. Because that's not really that's not really enough data point to kind of make note of. I think it's again it's about the consistency. It's about making people notice them ev- day after day. And and in the guys like we talked about with Wilson and and some of the other guys who uh, you know Schultz who have just these last few days kind of shown up and, and and again I think a lot of it is a lot of the kind of especially now right where we're only getting information from directly from just reporters um, a lot of it is based on expectation like you know yes. because like yep. you know Wilson and and Schultz you know, they come into the situation. Not a lot's expected of them, so guys are so the reporters are noticing them because when they're showing up, it's like, oh, I didn't expect this from this person and that person, so and so, so and so. So I think that that is kind of the drumbeat guys are not. I mean, if you really want to talk about just, you know pure drumbeat, it's it's <laughs> CD Lamb is the yeah, drumbeat yeah. guy and, 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 and Amari Cooper. I like to, yeah. I to say I like David Hellman's note about Amari. He just kind of forgets to report on Amari every day because he's just so good. That, yeah. That's a drumbeat guy. Exactly. So so really, we're not the, we're not really talking about those guys. We are talking about um, uh, uh, guys that, that that the expectation wasn't necessarily there for drumbeat. So that that those are yes. really the drumbeat guys. The guys who. You weren't sure what what you were going to get coming into camp, and now there's a level of consistency that wasn't there before. And and guys like Schultz and, and Wilson definitely fall into that category. Uh, who are some other guys that you that you've that you've noticed or that you think you've heard their names consistently at this point? Um, I mean, outside of the the studs like you know Demarcus Lawrence and those guys, um, a couple. How about Francis Bernard? That's somebody who yeah. seems like really in the last week has come on quite a bit. Um, starting to play better. I actually proposed to you before the show. 
Is there any chance that he rises up this roster further than we expected? Like, going into camp, I, I, I think it was... I think it would have been bold to think that he even made the 53-man roster just because of the depth that they have at that position yeah. with guys like yeah. Joe Thomas and Sean Lee. Now I'm wondering how far up this depth chart could he be? Can he potentially be the fourth linebacker this year? Is there any chance that the Cowboys would move a guy like Joe Thomas or even Sean Lee if the certain the right situation came up? Like, Is that is that even something that we have to consider at this point? I mean, I think the numbers are telling us that something's got to give, right? Like, I, I, I mean, either it's Francis Bernard not making the team, or, uh, or there something's gonna, someone's gonna need to be moved off or cut. That's that's a good player, or you know, traded or whatever it is. And and, and you have to think that, you know, I, I, I think that this is a year where normally you're defaulting to the vets. Right, like because yes, of the absolutely. short training camp, and because of all those all those other reasons, you, you want to go with what's what you know and what you know what you know has produced in the league before. At the same time, Sean Lee hasn't practiced once this whole time, this whole this whole training camp, um, and so you, you look at that and you're like, well, I, I think Sean Lee is a fantastic player, but I mean, I mean, a person certainly a, a fantastic person to have in your locker. I think obviously a, a player very much on the decline. But I think that you know he can he can give you a lot of good snaps if you find a way to manage his snaps, right? Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, the, the question now becomes: Is that what you want to keep doing? And 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 do you really want to askew uh, what could be a very good up and coming young linebacker? Uh, you know, for the uh, for the extra wisdom in the locker room and potentially, mm-hmm. I don't know. Eight to twelve, maybe games of part-time play at best with Sean Lee. I don't know. Maybe like that's that's I, that's, I that's difficult math. So I think yeah. Then it becomes can he trade the guy and what's it worth? And you know, you and I had a conversation before. I think that the, the weird thing with Sean Lee specifically is that what you probably would get him in in trade value is probably not worth the. To flip him unless you're just really looking to save some money and maybe that's you know yeah. and, that, and that's yep. something that maybe I, I didn't consider enough is that maybe the money alone is enough for them to want to you know trade him if someone's willing to flip a you know conditional seventh or so. I can't imagine that it's a ton right no like, no and but, I but, think I'd almost think Sean Lee would have to sign off in the situation like the Cowboys yeah, oh, aren't no, trading totally. him to go be a linebacker in Jacksonville right? tell, like, tell, him they're, they're tell him where tell him where tell him where tell him where they his family are they're big Steeler fans. They have season uh-huh. tickets to the Steelers. Uh-huh. Sean Lee uh-huh. grew up a massive Steeler fan. Uh-huh. Pittsburgh could use some linebackers. It wouldn't shock me, is all I'm saying. But again, who's who's Dallas a bigger Steeler a, fan, Sean Lee or yeah. you? <laughs> I mean, it's close. I was in Pittsburgh all week, so. Uh, <laughs> um, shout out to the girl at J.C. Penny though. This Cowboy fan. We had a nice conversation today. Oh, um, nice, nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think. Dallas isn't going to be looking to move Sean Lee, and I think this is one of the things there. If Sean Lee wants out and there's a situation that pops up where he can play and it works for both sides and the Cowboys can save money and they can get Francis Bernard some uh, some snaps, it wouldn't shock me. That's all I would say. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll finish out the show with more notes from practice. Okay, Landon, uh, just a few little things to, to talk about. Neville Gallimore, sounds like we got a, a positive note from him after really not getting anything off yeah. camp. It sounds like he had a sack today. 
You saw it on the training camp live. Uh, what should we take away from that? I, you know, I don't know if it would have been a sack, but I think that I, he got through the line. He got uh, he got you know up up. He was able to kind of adjust and get sideways, and, and was definitely giving chase to Dak. So, uh, and, and he got his hands on Dak. I, I mean, it wasn't he got sure, his hand yeah. on Dak. I just don't know that he would have been able to pull Dak down. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, but I think maybe you know Kellen Moore for sure. Um, I, yeah, I think it good, it's good sign. You know, obviously we, we he's a physical specimen coming from an Oklahoma defense that is very different looking than what is he's probably playing right now. So I think there's a large amount of adjustment, and I also think the defensive tackle is in a very difficult position for young players to come in uh, and play. See Hill, comma Tristan. Um, yep. But I think that you know that, that you're getting some flashes that maybe. Uh, that I don't know that you got from Tristan Hill last year or at, at, at any point. Um, so I, that's that's encouraging, and, and I think that that's he's got to give us a lot more of that because we need help in that position. I, I do think that you, again, uh, uh, kind of a, a drumbeat guy. It does sound like, and I've seen Tristan Hill. He, he's he's still is still kind of show us some things, and I like what I've seen from him so far. But I think he's another guy that. Him and Gallimore, Tristan Hill and Gallimore, both of those guys. I'm very interested to see and potentially in the in this uh, scrimmage and, and just kind of getting some more live reps because they're just unknowns at a position that, much like safety, uh, there is a, a lot of uncertainty at and, and kind of a lot that could potentially rest at that position. Absolutely. Um, two quick things. These are uh, aesthetic things. Uh, Tristan Hill saw a picture of him today. Uh, looks like he's put on a little bit of muscle. I mean, he looks like a big defensive tackle now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I know we haven't seen a ton of um, things from him, but uh, are you encouraged by what we have seen from Hill so far? Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I've been commenting on it for a little bit. I, I, I think I've noticed a, a change in his body. He looks, you know, he was a big guy last year, but he looked like a big teddy bear to a, lot, to a yeah, large degree. He, looked he looks like a, a fully grown being yeah. terrifying, yeah. you know, defensive tackle now, and it's yeah. just like he looks more grown man strength. There's just muscle in more areas than I think there were before, and he's just, you know, he's thicker in in, in good ways, like in the in his in his limbs and his ar- in arms and legs. And I think yeah. Yeah, I yeah. was commenting on to Joey Ike so that he looks like they moved his they pushed his gut up into his chest, right? And now he's got some chest. Perfect. And, uh, yeah. yeah, he looks good and he's got, you know, he just looks like he's uh he's big but big and strong. He and, and, and Joey commented he looks like a nose tackle and I think, you know, he does. He's probably he's probably 320, right? Like I mean, he's probably yeah. 315 he's plus, but but the thing is yeah. is that he was already so athletic. Right. Like that's the thing that people forget about him is that he was incredibly explosive and and can really move and I think that you know if he's put on good weight there there's a potential that Watch he could out. be moving really well at that size which really does bode well for that especially the under tackle position. Yeah, I'm excited to see Tristan Hill. He's maybe the guy that I'm most anxious to see on Sunday night during the scrimmage. So, we'll see how he does. Last thing, uh, I'm really digging all of these guys wearing visors. Uh, I've always been <laughs> team visor. Um, yes. But, but. But, uh-oh. Does Andy Dalton really have to wear a visor? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like somebody just needs to let him know. Like, hey, Andy, listen, we love you, but you're not really a visor guy. 
I mean, if guy, look, listen, he's been reading his own tweets or other people's tweets about it. Like everyone's like, when is Andy Dalton gonna start over Dak? When's Andy Dalton gonna start over I mean, Dak? Like, and, and now he's like, yeah, bro, I've got my visor going. I'm ready to go. Like he's ready to roll. I, it, you know. It's it's especially it. since they're indoors, aren't they? Oh, like, it makes no sense. <laughs> uh, man, you I, know I what? love it. I just I saw the picture of it today. I'm like, you know what, Andy Dalton? I I appreciate it. You're trying to change your career around. You're trying to change the uh, the the thought process around you. I love it. It's it's okay. absolutely great. And and here's the part where I make this lighthearted thing kind of a downer. But is it a COVID thing? Because if it's oh. a COVID thing, then I guess no. I think it's. I, I just think it's an aesthetic thing. I uh, you think, think it's it's pure cool. Andy yeah, Dalton, you know, yeah, Fort like Worth swag, TCU swag. It's a guy that's in his forties that gets a divorce, and all of a sudden, you know, he's he's get the new <laughs> truck. The, he, he he gets the new stylist. He's just it's he's midlife crisis, Andy Dalton. That's great. I love that <laughs> midlife crisis Pfizer. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're ending the show that way. We're gonna end the show on that show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, as always, you can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.